Lots of exciting things coming up here at the church. I'll give you the announcements at the end of the service today. If you have your announcement sheet, you should have got on your way in. And we are excited about all these events coming up in the new year. And a uh, theme for this new Sunday and this new year is serve him. And let's go to Psalms <laughs> and chapter 2 and verse 11 if you would join me there. Psalms and chapter 2 in verse 11. Psalms chapter 2 in verse 11. When you get there, I'll have you read that verse together with me. And then we're going to look at the context this morning as we get into the message and as we look this year at this theme of serving the Lord and serving Him with gladness. Psalms 2, 11. Would you read the verse together with me? Ready, begin. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Let's read it again. Ready, begin. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. <clears throat> I looked up these words in this passage, and uh, you know, sometimes today in our culture, we often say the fear of God is simply reverence, it's simply respect. This passage talks about something even deeper, something even greater. You say, does God want me to be afraid of him? God wants us to fear him. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And he says, serve the Lord, how? With fear. Serve the Lord with fear. Uh, look back, if you would, into verse 1. And the psalmist describes what's going on in the land. David says, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. God's going to throw them down. He is in control. It says the kings of the earth conspire together. We have lots of leagues of nations, right? There was a league of nations now. And if you've seen some of the things that they promote these days, you understand that there's a beast that they've even put up, set up. And they are focusing on the opposite of the Lord. Their focus is on themselves. Their dependence is upon themselves. And they are thinking they're going to resolve world peace, but without the Prince of Peace. They're trying lots of things, my friend, but all of their efforts will be in vain. The kings of the earth, the Bible says, take counsel together against who? Against the Lord. The nations of this world, their primary battle is not against just the church. It's against the Lord himself. That's why they go to attack the church. The church represents the Lord. That's why they go about to attack the believers, because the believers represent the Lord. The kings of the earth, he says, set themselves against the Lord, against his anointing. They said, let us break their bands asunder. Maybe you've heard somebody say, you know, Christianity is just bondage. You know, it's a crutch, they'll say. Uh, they'll say somebody that, if they put their faith in the Bible and they go to church, they say, it's just, it's, it's a boring thing, they'll say, to go to church, just to sit there. And... Recently, I had somebody tell me all that. And 
then he couldn't stop going to his truck to consume every substance under the sun. My friend, I'll tell you, his truck is very expensive. You know what? Uh, it didn't satisfy. I asked him, friend, I said, does that satisfy? He said, no, it doesn't. He said, all these things don't satisfy. You know why? Because God created the vacuum in our hearts. We need the Lord. People are trying to resolve their problems with everything except for the Lord. And he said in verse 5, Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore, sore displeasure. God's going to be angry, and it says he's going to be displeased in his wrath. Wrath is sustained anger. He says in verse 6, Yet, in contrast, David says, I have set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord sent to me, Thou art my son to save I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron, thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Then he says these words, Be wise, now therefore, O ye kings, be instructed, ye judges of the earth. To all the kings and the leaders that he mentions in the earlier portion of the passage that are angry against God, he says, Be wise, be instructed. What should you do? Verse 11, Serve the Lord with fear. Rejoice with trembling. Kiss the sun lest he be angry and you perish from the way when his wrath is kindled by the little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Hey, the Lord wants you to put your trust in him. He wants you to turn and put your faith in the Son of God. He wants us to live in dependence upon him. And he calls to the nation to serve the Lord and to the nations to serve the Lord. The theme is throughout the Bible, serving Him. You know what Jesus came to do? To do the Father's will. He came to serve Him. When you look through your Bible, the more you read, you'll see this theme of serving is all throughout the Scripture. Anyone God uses, anybody God exalts, there's somebody that He also called to serve first. Look in Luke, if you would. How, would you turn there to the New Testament? This theme is in the New Testament as well. And look at what Jesus said to his disciples in Luke 22, in verse 27. So we establish this theme in the Bible. Luke 22, in verse 27. We're in the New Testament. Luke the doctor writes these words. I tell you, he's a detail-oriented person. As Luke is inspired by the Holy Spirit, he recovers many, many details. And in Luke chapter 22... In verse 27, he says, For whether is greater, he that sitteth at meat, or he that serveth, is not he that sitteth at meat, but I am among you as he that serveth. Jesus says, Which one's greater? The man who's sitting down enjoying the dinner and being served? Or the man that is serving those who are sitting at dinner. Normally, the servant gives food to his master. And Jesus says, in contrast, he says, I am among you as he that servant. <coughs> Jesus didn't sit there and say, hey, disciples, bring me the steak, the filet mignon. Bring me all the good food right now. Bring me some shrimp. Bring me everything. They didn't, they didn't eat these, the dirty food like shrimp, okay? Uh, I don't eat stuff like that. 
bring me the hand on the knee and that you're okay. Jesus said, go, I'm the servant. His role, his ministry, was to serve us. And aren't you thankful that he did? I'm so thankful that he served. In Exodus chapter 10, the children of Israel were about to leave the land of Egypt. They wanted to leave, and God had, through the hand of Moses, given plagues, ten plagues to those people. And as he was giving these plagues, in Exodus 10, verse 24, Pharaoh called unto Moses and said, Go ye, serve the Lord. Only let your flocks and your herds be stay, and let your little ones also go with you. Hey, by the way, it's okay, guys. I want you to go serve God. Just don't take your money with you. Don't take your animals. Just leave that stuff here so I know you'll come back and build my pyramids. You can serve God, but just don't take anything to serve him. No, Moses said, uh-huh, we're going to take all of our animals. Because when we get there, we don't know what God's going to want us to get yet. We want to take everything. Wholehearted service. They were sold out. They were fully dedicated. And today, as we look at our nation, as we look at our community, the fields are widened to harvest. The need for souls to be saved is greater than ever before. The need for laborers is greater now than we've ever seen. And Jesus is worthy of our service. And as we seek to serve him this year, it says, serve the Lord, how? With fear. Serve him and rejoice with trembling. God wants us to serve him. You'll notice the man's even got a little dirt on his hand. God wants us to serve him. How do we serve him? Let's look this morning. The heart of a servant this morning, if you would. Verse 11, the heart of a servant. Serve the Lord. The very word serve means to work. To work. To serve until you are enslaved. To be kept in bondage. <clears throat> to be a bondman, to be a bond servant. That means you are going to have to finish. There's a lot of jobs that you can have working for the state around here that if you stay in for a number of years, 10, 20 years, you can get a pension. But you have to complete those years in order to get the pay. And I've met several men who are about three years from finishing. They usually aren't very pleasant. They're like, I'm just going to get this done. They're usually not a very happy soul. They're enslaved to their job. They're like, I just can't wait to be done with this job. I'm like, you're going to get that for the rest of your life. I'm like, I just can't wait to be done with this job. I hate this job. And uh, very upset about the job. Uh, feeling like they're a servant to the job. That's the way God is describing that we serve him. Not with a negative, negative attitude like that. But in the same way that an individual is committed to their secular work, the Lord says we ought to have the same level of commitment that we're enslaved. We are bound to it. It's a commitment. It's something that we've decided we're going to do, and nothing will shake us from doing it. We're going to make it come to pass. We're going to become a servant. We're going to uh, continue, and it describes in that word, part of that word also means to worship. The heart of a servant is also a heart of 
worship. That word serve speaks of worshiping as well. It's applied in the following way to serve another by labor, to serve as a subject, to serve with Levitical service. Have you looked through, and I encourage you this year, this new year, as we have in our home, my wife and I are both individually reading the Bible. When we started back in Genesis, I was, was finished early. I finished, no, I finished mid-December. We were both reading the Bible on our own. We read through each through the year. And we got, and we said, you know what? It was like December 27. We're like, let's just start reading through for the new year. So I'm in Genesis chapter 22 today and reading through Genesis. And, you know, as I'm reading through, and I'm going to get into Leviticus, you're going to see all the Levitical laws again. You read through that, I encourage you to read through it. You can get bogged down in it, but you know what? Keep going, press on. And you read through that, and you'll see how those people served the Lord. Specific clothing, specific manners by which they served, specific offerings, specific size to those offerings. They had to bring a spoonful of this and a spoonful of that. There was all laid out for them exactly how they had to worship God, exactly where they had to place everything. Because God is a detailed, detailed God and God of order. And so they were to serve the Lord. The very word to serve is describing Levitical service. And so it's talking about detail. We don't just give God uh, an accidental service um, to be worked. It speaks of to be tilled as you would till the land. That's a hard part, isn't it? You just decide to serve God. God might decide to plow up some part of your life because he wants to plant something good there. God wants you to, to use you in a greater way, and he might need to plow up some part of your life that hasn't been used in a while. To make oneself a servant, God's not asking, not forcing us to do it. He's asking us to do it. Serve the Lord. It means to be worked. To compel to labor or work, to, to cause to serve. God allowed his own son to be plowed. He allowed his own son to be rejected by man, a man of, man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And so if we become accustomed to comfort, we'll never step out of our comfort zone. And as Americans, we are in a very comfortable place uh, as a society, and we're about ready to experience things that we've never experienced. Um, and some of my friends that, are, that are, have lived and now we're in the latter years have told me. They said, you know what? They said, I lived in the best years, speaking of their life. But they said, I fear for you and for your kids. And I'm like, yeah, it's going to be tough, right? These times that we're going into are difficult times. But look, all because they are difficult times doesn't mean we shouldn't step out of our comfort zone. No, it's a greater time to step out. And serving is all about stepping out and allowing God to use us by doing that we are allowing ourselves to be subjected to sacrifice. See, a servant has a willing heart. Jesus said, I am among you. How? As he that does serve. As he that does serve. Um, a servant is willing to go the extra mile. Serve the Lord, it says, with fear. With fear, in verse 11. Serve the Lord, how? With fear. Serve the Lord God, just with fear. That's talking about a terror. The very word fear in that passage, serve the Lord, David says, with terror. Awesome or terrifying, to cause to fear, to have respect, reverence, piety, to be revered. There are certain things as Americans that we do because we know that if we do the opposite, we go to jail. Right? 
There are laws that you break. Let's say that today you decide you're going to go break into somebody's house, steal their firearm, and then go to somebody else's house and take everything out, take all the contents out of there. Are you afraid of the consequences of that decision? Aren't we all? None of us would think to do that. Why? Because we understand that there are fearful consequences that await us. Being stuck in a jail cell for the rest of your life. Having to deal with all of the things that prisoners have to deal with. Why? Because of a foolish decision. There is a fear. That's why we have laws in this land. There's a fear that if we were to do such a thing, that there would be a consequence. When we serve God, we serve him out of a healthy respect, understanding there's the law. Now, are you and I walking around today afraid of the government? No. We just know there's certain things we shouldn't go touch, certain places we shouldn't go, certain things we shouldn't do, um, because we do not want to be on the other side of the world. Right? It's a healthy fear. It's a healthy respect. You understand, it's not just that you and I respect the law, it's that we genuinely know that if we cross that line, we will suffer the consequences. Somebody's going to get us in trouble. Okay, that is fear. That is a healthy fear. And in our relationship with God, we understand God has rules, God has laws. And when we serve Him, we understand that because He wants us to serve Him, one of His rules is that His followers serve Him. Not because they have to, but because they want to. And there's a joy that comes as a result of it. The heart of a servant served the Lord how? With fear. So we don't serve Him on our own terms. We serve Him on His terms. Lord, what would you have me to do? The heart of a servant. I will often ask somebody if they're considering a big life decision. Say, have you written down the pros and the cons of that decision? And have you sat down before God in prayer and asked him what he wants? No, I haven't, they'll often say. No, I haven't. Would you do it? I might. If that's our attitude, we're going to do what we want to do, not what he wants. Truth is, often we know what he wants. We just made our own plans and do whatever we want. The heart of a servant, it's all about, hey, Lord, what would you have me to do? Secondly, this morning, we see in the latter part of this verse the healing that comes from serving. Well, this is better than I thought. It is with that. All right, the healing from serving. The healing from serving. Rejoice with trembling. There is a joy when you do right because the heavens are glad. Look at what he says. He says to rejoice. There is a joy. By the way, rejoicing is a choice. It's a choice to rejoice. Let's say that together. It's a choice to rejoice. Ready? Begin. It is a choice to rejoice. You know, you and I choose to rejoice. You say, I'm going to rejoice if God gives me this or that. He says, no, no, no. We have a choice to rejoice. Serve the Lord. There is a healing that comes from serving. There's a joy when you do right. God is pleased. There's a joy that comes only from serving the Lord. Our society seeks joy from self, sensuality, and stuff. We went down through Guns Falls a couple days ago. Do you know where the old Kmart used to be? Y'all remember that? And we looked at the parking lot there at Kmart. You know what's in the parking lot now? A million U-Haul containers. For people to put all their junk. 
that they're never going to get back out of their container, and to pay a monthly fee to store their junk in a container in that parking lot so that storage wars can go there and cut the locks and everybody can buy all the stuff cheap. Maybe there'll be something valuable. I'll leave it junk. That's the way we are as a culture. We're so addicted to our junk. We've got to have a place to store all of our junk. Look, I have nothing against storage containers. But the majority of the storage containers get rented out. People never go back and pull their stuff out of them. They stop paying it, and it just sits there. And it sits there until they finally take over the container and have to repossess and pull everything out again. My friend, um, our society seeks joy from having things. Jesus, though, is the Prince of Peace, and he brings joy. Christians find joy from serving the Lord. You meet a grumpy Christian. They're complaining. Oh, the church doesn't serve me. They don't do this and that. They forgot about me. They don't want... You probably find a person who stops serving. Uh, now, sometimes there are serving folks who get a little cranky, and that's the time when we get our heart right. But when you choose to serve, you also find, find joy in rejoicing. And you, when you choose to rejoice things change. It is a choice to serve the Lord. And there is, there is a heart of a servant. A servant is a really hearted person. I'm going to serve the Lord, not just for it's convenient. I'm going to serve the Lord because I love Him. I had a slide made for today with a theme. I had a background that I had picked out, but I just wasn't too happy with it. I have a group of friends online that are pastors, and I had just asked them, I said, guys, do you happen to have anything that would be similar along this theme? A fellow pastor didn't have something like that. But he pulled out his computer. He said, brother, I whipped something up for you. And he emailed it to me. And within about an hour of asking, it created some of these specials. Why? Because he already is a servant hearted person. He's already serving his people. And on a day when he had a lot of other things on his schedule, I said, Brother, I want to thank you so much. You didn't. I wasn't asking somebody to make you something. I was just asking if you had a similar graph. But his heart was all about the servant. Matter of fact, two minutes ago. The other one sent me another one. He said, Here. I said, It was all special. Just, wow, you get two choices to pick from. I had one I made, and I get two other options. And uh, I wound up using one of their options uh, today for the, for the main slide and for the background. And you know what? They already are serving. And so they understand what it's like to serve behind the scenes. And he did that. You don't know his name, he probably never knew. But he did it out of love for the Lord. The heart of a servant. And he did it with a spirit of joy, too. Spirit of joy. And I was quite surprised for his encouragement. Our society is plagued by anxiety because the only person we serve is our own flesh. Our society, there has never been a society that has struggled so much with anxiety and anxiety medication and stress like our society deals with. We're not a generation of farmers. We're a generation of people who predominantly, as a culture, really have a whole lot more access to things and um, a whole lot more ease in our life as a culture, but yet 
As a culture, we are full of anxiety and worry and stress, caught up often with a self-focus. The flesh is never satisfied, and our the flesh, your flesh and my flesh is an ungrateful master. And if you and I try to serve our flesh, our flesh will never be pleased. That's why we ought to serve the Lord. Because we choose who to serve, and when we choose to serve, and we choose to rejoice, things change. The nation of Israel was called in 2 Chronicles 30 to serve the Lord. 2 Chronicles 30, verse 8, he says, Now be ye not stiff-necked, Hezekiah says, as your fathers were, but yield yourselves unto the Lord, and enter into his sanctuary, which ye have sanctified forever, and serve the Lord your God, that the fierceness of his wrath may turn away from you. So Hezekiah is calling the people of God back to serve God. And he says, by the way, hey, come back to God's house and serve the Lord. Put God first. In Matthew chapter 4 and verse 10, Jesus said, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Reminds me of what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. He said, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and men. You can't serve God and men. You can serve God with your men. But if the goal is to get money and not to serve God, the focus is wrong in money. Jesus said, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. When our life comes to an end, have you ever seen a person who you? I won't you. Uh, have you ever seen a U-Haul going behind the hose? None of those U-Haul trucks are following behind. Nobody's taking the things of this life. But look, in this life, you can work hard, you can be diligent to further the cause of Him. The healing that comes from serving because it's, there's a great joy that comes when we decide we're going to serve the Lord. The last devotional in that in the book. I hope you all read the devotional books last year. If you did, I encourage you to read them again this year. But the devotional book that we have on our daily word, uh, we went, read the last one as a family yesterday in a daily word. And the illustration was given of a man who founded the Quaker Road Company. And you know how much of him he decided, you know what? I have a goal in life. His goal in life was that he was going to further the kingdom of God. He was going to build a business to fund the kingdom of God. He gave 70% of his income to serve the local church and to fund Christian ministries. 70%. You say, but he was a Quaker Roads man. He had a lot of money. It's because he had a lot of money that he gave a lot to God. No. He gave when he had very little. And then when God gave him more, he committed to give 70% of his income. You wonder why God blessed the company. It's more blessed to serve, to give, than to be the one who receives and serves. <clears throat> the healing that comes from serving. There is no joy, my friend, if you haven't invested. But when you've invested in something, you've served. You've helped. You got to have a part in seeing these buildings built. You got to have a part in seeing these buildings maintained. Many of you have helped this year cleaning these buildings. You've helped serving around on the grounds. You get There's a joy that comes. You've helped with reading. You've helped in different ways. When you serve, there is a joy that comes as a result of being a help and being a part. Even if you are serving and being a, uh, someone who goes around and fellowships and encourages others, there is a healing that comes. There is a joy that comes from 
concerned. This morning, I want to encourage us as a church. How will we serve him in the new year? We're going to serve him with a whole heart. Because we respect him. Because we fear him. Because in spite of displeasing and troubles us, we'll engage our hearts and serve him. It amazes me how often the secular boss gets first dibs over the things of God. It's like, hang on a second. I'm not sure. I, the number one reason folks can't serve often is, Pastor, my boss called me to work, so I can't serve today. The number one reason is the boss. I, mean, I gotta go ask my boss, but man, whatever the boss says, we go do. So is he in charge of our life, or is Jesus in charge of our life? Now, I understand that we, we need to respect bosses, and I've had many bosses over the years, but I've found that my boss has never interfered with my faith. If I served in the job the way that they needed me to, I was able to train other people to do something so that I could do what I needed to do for the kingdom of God. I was always able to get off time off whenever the church had something going on. Why? Because if you make that your priority, they know you're not going to budge on it. They will cooperate. They will. Uh, we decide who's going to be in charge. We decide if we're going to serve the Lord with a whole heart or we're going to serve our own purposes and fulfill our own purposes. Because we respect Him. He is worthy and He is worthy of our service this year. How are we going to serve him this year? How are we going to serve the Lord? Um, first, as we serve the Lord, I want to encourage you with a few thoughts. Expect difficulty. Expect difficulty. Serve the Lord, he says, with fear and rejoice with trembling. Expect a little bit of difficulty serving the Lord. There is joy in serving the Lord. There is joy when somebody's lying. They're running away from God, and because you got to help them, now they're running towards God. There is a joy that comes from that, but my friend, it's not easy. There is difficulty, and oftentimes we don't anticipate the difficulty. We expect it's just going to be at ease, but roses also have thorns, and when you're trying to help somebody, and you're trying to work in the kingdom of God, and you're trying to advance the cause of Christ, expect difficulty. Expect the moment you commit to serve in some capacity in the church, expect that something is going to interfere. With that, that will happen. Expect you're going to have a choice. Am I going to do this on family night? Or am I going to serve the Lord? Are we going to, what thing's going to be first? The reason many don't serve the Lord is because it involves swimming upstream. See, when you get serving the Lord, you're swimming upstream, you're rowing upstream, you're moving forward. Look, you're going to be going against the current. The majority of our society is not serving the Lord. So expect difficulty. As we serve the Lord, though, expect opportunities. Expect opportunities. The window of opportunity passes very quickly. <clears throat> You'll hear of an opportunity. That's the time to say, I'll do it, and to follow through. Remember as a young person in church, I'd sit there, and a missionary would come through, and they would mention how they needed help with something, a construction project or something. And I would think to myself, I could go do that. I could go do that. And the window of opportunity passed very quickly. There's many times that I was able to go. There was one missionary, Jeff Cook, and I never went down to help him. He was, he was serving in Argentina. And I remember year after year would go by, and I'd say, man, I'm gonna, this year I'm going to go. I'm going to go down to work to help him. And the other ones I was able to help him. This one, I didn't go help him. But you know what? A few years later, he had a health condition. His wife had to come off the field and take him to I missed the opportunity to serve. 
<clears throat> expect opportunities, but expect the window of opportunity will be short. You will hear of an opportunity, and that's the time to say, I'll do it. Follow through very quickly. See, serving the Lord is a constant focus. It's, man, we're looking. Where's God working? We want to get involved. We want to get engaged. Where is God leading? How is he working? Is there an opportunity to serve? We're going to jump right in. Is it inconvenient? Look, when you have a family, I understand it's inconvenient, okay? But it's either serve the Lord now or going to wait until the kids turn 18. You say, I'll, I'll start serving more when my kids get out of the home. We'll never serve him if we wait till then. I'll serve the Lord after I finish and I return. We've got to serve him now. You've got to serve him now. Expect opportunities. If it's kingdom business, let's get all in. Here's some ways that we can jump in and we can serve. Some things I want you to think about. Get your mind focused on ways that we can serve. And as our church is striving to grow and move forward, I thought about these things a few years ago, and we've had some very high days with a lot of folks in church and some medium days. But you understand, in order to have a full church house, in order to have 80 people here, we need to have about another 15 people serve. In order to be able to bring those folks in and then be able to do that for themselves, more of us have to get engaged. We have to get all in. Uh, here's some things that you can do, and I want you to think about, pray about, there'll be opportunities to serve and to volunteer to do these things in the future. We're looking for five people to volunteer on a ro rotation basis to serve as church leaders. You say, what would that mean? That means that you wouldn't have to just see my ugly face when you walk in, okay? Somebody else serve as a church leader as well, okay? Now, some who have helped, and this is something that Brother John, he always is here and helps with the work. Um, he doesn't have to do everything, okay? So we can help. Uh, but if you're going to arrive as a church reader, we have to arrive a little bit early, okay? So 20 minutes early before the service and stand in the lobby and greet the visitors. Um, and, and then close the door when the service starts. That's a ministry that there's, there's a great need for it. But it involves that we have to land a little bit earlier to be able to show up. And that's hard. I know it's hard. I have a family. Uh, we have deadlines. We have things we have to show up on throughout the week. And we decide we're going to show up early every week. Uh, it's, a, it's a difficult, expect it to be a little bit difficult. Uh, expect everything to uh, happen as you're getting ready to walk out the door. But expect opportunities, a window of opportunity will come and then it will pass. And so we're looking for five people to volunteer to serve as readers in the church lobby to help. How would you do that? You volunteer one week, and the next week somebody else, you volunteer basically once a month to serve as a reader uh, throughout the year. So 12 times, 12 Sundays, and uh, you would volunteer to be a part of helping. There's another ministry that we could uh, use help with, the Widows and Shut-In Ministry. And, and there are widows in this community, that one in our church, but look, somebody who would think, man, we could write a thoughtful note to them. Thinking of others, Brother Bill is, is a shut-in, he's at home. And, you know, he could use some encouragement and some visits. I, I go by and visit him on occasion, but look, I cannot go every week and visit every person. And, and you can help with easing that load of visiting and encouraging those who are shut in. So we're looking for somebody to help with this. Um, and being thoughtful and caring for those who are widows and shut Another ministry we could use encouragement with, and uh, look, 
this ministry has fallen basically on two, two of us uh, for the last few years. Is something you can help? The shoveling ministry, okay? Uh, you can check the sidewalks and make sure the pathways are clear before church service after a snowstorm. There's only a few more snowstorms, maybe uh, six or so this year, maybe eight. Uh, but they need to come for two or three of those. And you can just come and make sure that it's cleaned up and ready to go for Sunday and so that everything's okay. Um, so the shoveling uh, ministry is something you can help with. Be an encouragement with that. Um, here's something else that we can serve the Lord with. The grounds and maintenance team. Uh, you could help with organizing church work days, help with projects. Many of you have the talents and abilities to do this, and many of you already, I think, are willing to do this. But the grounds and maintenance, that is a fantastic way to serve the Lord. Uh, people come by and they look at the church and making sure that things are in order, keeping track of things, organizing a day for folks to come. You can do a work day. And so helping with uh, things that need to be done and helping in kind of an official capacity with that. And many of you already are doing this, okay? And then highway cleanup. We volunteered now to clean up three and a half miles between here and the prison. And so uh, that's something we've agreed with the state to do, clean up that road. And you could help with that. And uh, thank you so much to those who did help last time and, and uh, the one who didn't help watching the kids during that time. So if you need to have kids and you want to come help, uh, we'll have somebody who will volunteer to help hopefully and be able to do that each time. And so the highway cleanup, it's a great way to serve. You say, uh, is that it's just a little thing? Yes. But you know, the community has already expressed great appreciation for that. Uh, they haven't put they haven't put the church name down there yet, but they know that, that we're doing the highwaymen who come in here and turn around. They said, thank you for helping. You've relieved our burden. And uh, you know what? Anything we can do to help is showing the community that we care. Uh, many of you have already served in this capacity, but we're looking for some, some new folks to be involved, and maybe if you, don't, if you want to rotate off, that's fine, but church cleaning. There's uh, the church cleaning that we can do, and, and many of you already are serving with this, but uh, we're looking for five that rotate. Right now we have about three, and so uh, to serve and volunteer. Look, if nobody can do it, my wife and I are the ones that are doing it. We've been doing it a lot in the last six months. Uh, we've been doing it two weeks a month, and so it's something you could help in relieving that. Uh, helping with just making sure that folks are actually clean in the church. These are ways that we can serve, and it's something we want to serve, and that would be such a blessing. And uh, look, when, you, when you're serving these capacities, if you can just volunteer 30 minutes or an hour to help do it, that's awesome. You know, you're, not, you're not committing your whole life to serve. Uh, you're saying, you know what, for the next few months, I'm going to serve once a month, and I'm going to help with this, okay? So expect opportunities. And thirdly, this morning, it's another thing. As you serve, expect overload. Expect overload. If you're used to just lifting five pounds, don't be surprised when carrying 25 pounds starts to cause pain. Often somebody will begin to serve the Lord and then they'll say, man, that's a little too difficult. Try doing it for five years. Try doing it for 10 years. Try doing it for 20 years. But oftentimes we'll serve a few months and then we'll say, man, it's just too much weight. Maybe we should consider there are others who also have carried maybe more weight than that, and maybe we could take just a little bit. We could carry a little bit of weight. Expect overload. <clears throat> Expect it's not going to be easy. Expect to push through it. But you know what? A muscle gets stronger when it's used. And when you and I decide, you know what, in this new year, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to start volunteering. I'm going to, I'm going to enroll and enlist. I'm going to help advance the cause of Christ more visitors, 
more souls, more families that come in will be helped. And as we do the men's conference in just 20 or uh, 19 days, uh, we will be able to have more help in regards to hosting this event and getting all these men to serve. These are great ways that we can serve the Lord. And let's turn our attention back to Psalms 2 and verse 11. <clears throat> serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. May we decide, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I encourage you with this. God won't give you more than you can carry, but he will give you more than you have carried. Often we say, I just can't do that. You might be surprised that you can do that. You can accomplish that task. That's the joy of parenting and raising kids. They get to do new things. It's exciting. They get to adventure out. They get to start something new. They get to be able to uh, take new responsibilities. And as an adult, God wants us to continue to serve him, to determine, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's all stand together for prayer this morning. Ask the Lord to help us in this new year. If you do not know Jesus as your Savior, you've never put your faith in Christ. On this New Year's Day, what a great day to call upon the name of the Lord and ask him to save you. What a great day to put your faith in Jesus who died for your sins, was buried, and rose again the third day. If you've never done that, today is the day to call upon his name. Straight is the gate, narrow is the way, few there be that find it, Jesus said. If you've not called upon his name, would you call upon him today? Would you ask Jesus to save you? Would you turn from your sins to the Savior? If you have turned from your sins to the Savior, would you today recommit? Lord, I'm going to in this new year, I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know what, but if you ask me to serve you this year, I'm going to do it. And you and me would say that to the Lord. Lord, this year, I don't know how, I don't know where. You say, I'm giving God a blank slate. Yes, that's the best way to start. Lord, I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know what you want me to do, but in this new year, I want to serve you and I'm going to commit. If you tell me to do something, I'm going to commit. I'm going to do it. That's my heart. The heart of a servant. With their heads bowed and eyes closed, if that's your heart this morning, I encourage you in just a moment, would you come forward as a church and would you ask the Lord to help us with that? Help us to serve Him. And as you surrender, as we surrender together, we're going to serve Him this year. He's our Lord. He's our Master. We want to serve Him. We want to surrender to serve Him. If you've not yet done that, maybe you want to recommit to do that in just a moment. Would you come forward and ask the Lord to help you with Father, you see our hearts. You know where we are. I pray this morning that you help us to respond to you and to serve the Lord with gladness. We thank you, Lord, for this new year, this opportunity to serve you, the privilege we have to have a church that's open, a place where we can worship. I'm going to commit. If God asks me to do something this year, I'm going to